0: You're listening to the Religion and Fiction Podcast, a podcast for people interested in the intersection of the sacred and story, offering insight, inspiration, and a bit of entertainment for the journey. I'm your host, Jeremy Bauma, a former pastor and theologian who writes stories under J.A. Bauma, stories that offer entertaining escape as well as insightful inspiration for the journey. This episode is part two of the deep dive into the wildly popular apocalyptic religious fiction series Left Behind. We're going to take a look at the theological context of this series to give you greater insight into its worldview. Stay tuned. Hey, religious fiction readers, this is episode 17 of the Religion and Fiction Podcast. Thanks for showing up, appreciate it, and I'm guessing the topic is going to be of big interest to you, because if you're anything like me, you love the intersection of the sacred and story, and one of the most popular and wildly successful, if you will, religious fiction series took that intersection to a whole new level by envisioning a narrative unfolding of the apocalypse, in those moments right when the church of Jesus Christ was suddenly raptured, and those who were not believers after Jesus raptured the church were left behind. Hence the title of the first book in the 13-book series, Left Behind. Now last week we took a bit of a deep dive into the cultural and literary context of this series, seeing how the middle of the 90s, really the late 80s into the early 90s, with the fall of the Soviet Union and the rise of the European Union and the Euro and the United Nations and all the millennial expectations going into the 21st century, combined with the interests of the two authors, Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, to leverage fiction to promote their message of salvation, their gospel message, which presents an urgency to everyone to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, given the reality that there will be a moment when the world ends, this world And a whole new world is coming when Christ returns to make all things new, as the book of Revelation reveals. In this episode, we want to take things further by exposing some of the more theological elements to this story, because there's a whole lot going on here that you might be aware of, maybe not. And some of it conflicts with the way that the church, broadly, historically, has understood some of those events Towards the end of the world as we know it. Now, at the front end, I want to make sure that it's clear that uh, many of these ideas concerning the end of the world as we know it are what we would call second sort of tier doctrinal issues. Uh, for me, as someone who is an academic who is a trained theologian who is a pastor, I care very deeply about how we talk about the Bible and the Christian faith and the sort of uh, what we would call the fundamentals of belief in Jesus Christ. those would be those fundamentals would be first tier first order issues such as the divinity of Christ, the necessity of new birth because of our human nature marred by sin and we go on into of course the substitutionary atonement of christ on the cross and his physical actual bodily resurrection of the dead those are first order issues of the christian faith that you can't really consider yourself a christian if you don't believe in them because those beliefs are what's central to faith in jesus But apart from those first-order beliefs are also second-order or second-tier, second-level beliefs that are important but not necessary for faith in Jesus. One of those would be creation and how all of this came about. And where I've landed myself is that what's important isn't how all this was created necessarily but that we all were created on purpose and with purpose. And I would place the end of the world, as we know it, those events at the end of the world, as much as at the beginning of the world in that same sort of tier. How it all unfolds isn't as important as that it will unfold. And there are a number of conflicting concepts of those events leading up to the second coming of Christ. And the Left Behind series presents one vein of those concepts of those events and I want to take a deep dive into exploring and explaining some of those concepts and some of that uh, narrow view that is a bit different than the way the church historically has understood that view. And I say this because with disagreement in these areas of Christian doctrine, these sort of second order beliefs, I want to make clear that I'm not challenging the Christianity or the salvation or the membership within the Church of Christ of Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, the authors of this series, but I may push back a bit against their concept of the end because of where I myself land. Now, why is this important to me? Well, because I just finished writing a end-time series of my own called End Times Chronicles, and very soon I'm going to be launching that final story season, Antichrist Rising, Through Kickstarter, you can get all the details at www.endtimesworld.com. It's a rollicking adventure in a world a hundred years from now that feels very close to our own with a lot of the events that are unfolding both inside and outside the church, along with the apocalypse as it unfolds according to the events of the book of Revelation. Now, I'm also super interested in the Left Behind series because it feels as though we are barreling towards the apocalypse in our own world, <laughs> doesn't it? And so I've picked up the book at the end of writing my own series to sort of look at their own take from almost 30 years ago about how it looks when God's judgment unfolds and how does the series approach those events. Let's take a look. If you've read Left Behind or have heard about Left Behind, you know that the book unfolds with a whole bunch of people, you guessed it, getting left behind. (laughs) That idea is really the central theological premise of the book in the series because it's also the central theological premise of a vein of eschatology known as dispensationalism. Eschatology is just a big church word that means the end times or the last things of this age, whether it's death or the final judgment or those events leading up to final judgment— as they unfold in the book of revelation now dispensationalism is probably one of those words you haven't known about until this moment in this podcast unless you grew up in a tradition like my own i myself was part of that theological tradition and there were two very important aspects of dispensationalism one of which is a stark difference between israel And the church understanding a several dispensations unfolding within scripture, especially in the latter days that create a distinction between God's original sort of Old Testament covenanted community of Israel and his purposes and promises for them being primarily of earthly blessing. And then, on the other hand, there are the purposes and promises for the church that are primarily of heavenly blessing, and those promises will be fulfilled in heaven. You find early in this Left Behind series, particularly the first book, a an emphasis already on Israel and God's protection over Israel and a hint of his future plans of salvation for this original covenanted community. Now, I haven't read the rest of the book, or the series, I should say, so I'm not sure how it unfolds the rest of the way, but what's important is this distinction between Israel and the church, and God's two plans of salvation for them. One plan of salvation for Israel, and another plan for the salvation of the church, I'm not going to spend too much more time on this aspect of Tim LaHaye's and Jerry Jenkins' dispensational theology because what I really want to focus on are those sort of end times events and especially the left-behind, raptured kind. Now, this idea of a rapture where you have the church being removed is from the Latin word for to be snatched up. So the idea, theologically, is that Jesus comes secretly to snatch up his church, his new covenant community of believers, people who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ for their salvation. And those who haven't, unbelievers, are left behind. And that's the way this book begins. Right, you got the the plane flying by Rayford Steele, the pilot, who is an unbeliever. And all of a sudden, all these people go missing on his plane. And he, along with everyone else, is wondering, what the heck is going on? But he quickly finds out why, and that is because his wife and his son are also missing. They are raptured, while he and his daughter Chloe have been left behind. And the reason why is because they didn't take jesus or their faith in christianity seriously as much as his wife and their son their brother now this rapture this snatching away of the church is envisioned to unfold in a moment in time in the blink of an eye prior to a time of global tribulation The great tribulation is a concept that Jesus introduces himself in his teachings towards the end of his ministry leading up to the cross. And they revolve around the last days, the end times. One translation of Matthew 24, verse 21, puts it this way, where Jesus says, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. This is in the context of him explaining to his disciples what the end of the age will be like. And so dispensationalists have this understanding of those events requiring the church to be removed from the world before this era of great tribulation. In fact, in the middle of the book, uh, these main characters stumble across a rapture tape left behind no pun intended, by one of the raptured pastors for those unbelievers who had been left behind. And it's a a videotape, which is sort of a funny anachronism from the mid-90s before both DVDs as well as, obviously, digital files left behind nowadays for the left behind. Uh, There is this staff member of a church, actually, who introduces the tape to our main characters. And he says, our senior pastor loved to preach about the coming of Christ to rapture his church, to take believers dead and alive to heaven before a period of great tribulation on the earth. So there you go. You have these authors with this particular theological perspective on the end of days that requires a secret rapture, a snatching of believers before this period of great tribulation. And there are a number of arguments that so-called tribulationists offer in defense for their view of the rapture and of these end times events. Wayne Grudem in his book Bible Doctrine outlines a few of those reasons that I'd like to just share. The first one is that this entire period of the tribulation will be a time of the outpouring of God's wrath on the earth. Therefore, as they suggest, it would not be appropriate for Christians to be on the earth at that time. The second reason is that Jesus promises in Revelation 3.10 that I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. So this passage, according to them, indicates that the church will be taken out of the world before that hour of trial comes for those who are being judged by God. Now, Wayne Gruden poses this question. If Christ returns after the tribulation and defeats all his enemies, then where will the unbelievers come from who are necessary to populate the millennial kingdom? The millennial reign is also part of these views of the end times where Revelation 20 suggests there's actually this period from the second coming of Christ, the return of Christ, rather, to the final defeat of Satan and all of those who he has conned into following him, that there is this period of a thousand years reigning on earth with Christ and his people. Well, the pre-tribulationist answer to this question is that they believe that Thousands of Jewish believers who have become Christians during the tribulation will go into the millennial kingdom in non-glorified bodies. So they'll be like people who are living on during this millennial reign. Again, you see the distinction between Israel and the church in this dispensational view of the end. And the book left behind, this first book in the series, ends with this formation of a tribulation force in which you've got uh, Rayford Steele, Chloe Steele, his daughter, Buck Williams, another one of the major characters who's a reporter, and Bruce Barnes, who was actually a pastoral staff member at this New Hope church where you had the rapture tape. And he apparently wasn't uh, an actual Christian, and he was left behind as well. And they come together to create this task of the tribulation force, in which, as the end of the book says, they will face the gravest dangers anyone could face, and they knew their mission. The task of the tribulation force was clear, and their goal nothing less than to stand and fight the enemies of God during the seven most chaotic years the planet would ever see. So there it is front and center is this particular perspective on those end times events where you have a seven-year Great Tribulation in which unbelievers will be tried and tested through the unfolding of God's judgment upon the world while the original church filled with Christ's true believers is snatched away to heaven and will await his final ultimate return so to sort of summarize the theology behind the left behind series you have at the heart a secret rapture a snatching away of believers which could happen at any time at any moment again in matthew's gospel they dispensationalists would point to the verses which speak of Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Where you have, again, this concept of people being snatched and then left behind. This actually unfolds in the narrative in very interesting ways, where husbands and wives are missing their spouses, and children are missing their Parents and even, in a very frankly, a a sort of a weird kind of graphic sense, uh, there is this report of women who are pregnant uh, losing their unborn children to the rapture, uh, based on this idea of an age of consent where children under a certain age aren't fully morally culpable enough to either choose or not choose Jesus, and so they'll all be raptured as well. So you have, uh, you know, young children being raptured away. Usually it's 8, 9, 10, sometimes up to 12 is that idea of the age of consent, and all those underneath that age, even down into the unborn children within a womb of a, a mother, all those are also raptured and snatched away. Uh, so there's that First sort of aspect of this theological underpinning, you have the rapture, and the major reason for that is the impending Great Tribulation. These events of God's wrath unfolding upon the world, which we find in the book of Revelation, with the trumpets and the bowls unleashing chaos on the world, right? You got the hail and the fire raining down, uh, the seas turning to blood and rivers turning into blood the water supply completely going to pot there is the the vegetation across the world that is just leveled the demonic horde that ravages the world that there's the rise of the antichrist and the mark of the beast and the 666 and the eventual battle of armageddon in which you have the final showdown between good and evil so a bit about that great tribulation in which the proponents of the premillennial pre-tribulation theological perspective believe that Christians will be snatched away and raptured before all of this unfolds, and there are several other events I wanted to read quick from the the third volume of Gordon Lewis and Bruce Demarest's uh, Integrative Theology, and they outline this order of end times events according to dispensational millennial. Pre tribulationalists. That's a mouthful, isn't it? (laughs) But basically, they say that there will be this increase in apostasy in the church age, meaning people will be turning away from Christ or they will be changing Christian doctrine. Then, at any moment, there will be the secret coming of Christ for deceased and living saints. Of course, that's the rapture. Then there is the marriage feast of the Lamb in heaven with those who have been raptured the the true church christian believers while that's going on the seven year tribulation on earth unfolds which involves divine wrath upon unbelieving gentiles and disobedient israel there again is that distinction between israel and the church or or i should rather israel unbelieving israel and unbelieving gentiles then you've got the terrible reign of the antichrist the conversion of a remnant of israel and the Battle of Armageddon. Now, why is this important to understand, Uh, not only for the context of this book series, but when it comes to Christian theology? I think it's important, not only uh, for my own self, because I've written my own End Times series, but I think it's important for regular believers now to understand what those End Times events will be like for them, Because contrary to dispensationalists and uh, this sort of pre-tribulation perspective on the end times, uh, a lot of other people throughout the history of the church have said very different things about the events that will unfold. And this is, I think, something important to keep in mind when it comes to the theological context of this series in that it's rather a newly innovative understanding of those end times events meaning it came about during the 19th and 20th centuries rather than through the first several hundred years of the church as the perspective that i take in my own series does which i'll get to next week Uh, but for now it's interesting to note that it was a fellow by the name of john darby A great Anglo Irish name for you there, right? (laughs) Who taught at the uh, end of the 19th century this, what would become this kind of two view understanding of Christ's return. This first secret rapture and then his glorious coming with the saints to finally establish his millennial reign on earth. It was envisioned that it would be Jewish believers, the remnant who finally decided to embrace Christ as their Messiah, that they would be the ones who endured the Great Tribulation. It was exclusively Jewish, and so there was no concern for the church during this age. Uh, Again, creating this sharp distinction between God's two covenanted communities. And then there will be the, the Gentiles who also finally submit to God in embracing Jesus as Savior. Now, interestingly, in the 20th century, much of this uh, pure pre-tribulationist view was propagated through the Schofield Reference Bible. It was a study Bible using the King James Version that, in the notes, advocated for this view of israel and the church but also the interpretation of the end times events along the way there's been uh, varying degrees of the rapture view uh, a mid-rapture believing that halfway through the great tribulation there would be the snatching of uh, the true believers uh, a partial rapture in which only those who are actually seeking uh, and waiting earnestly for christ's return would be snatched away while those sort of believers who were actual believers but not really interested in jesus's return he, they would just sort of be left behind along with the rest of the world that the spiritually fit were the ones who are worthy of being snatched away before God's wrath unfolded and the the spiritually weak Christians were not worthy yet to be taken into Christ's kingdom. Now this perspective is something that I'm intimately familiar with because I grew up on it. My childhood church spent two years during the Sunday evening service exploring the events of the book of Revelation in quite a bit of detail complete with charts and timelines and even offering possible antichrists. (laughs) I think at the time, Saddam Hussein was high in the list because he was America's enemy. And of course, we had just, gone to war with him, which was that historical cultural context of the Left Behind series. But as I began to dive deeper into Revelation myself and explore much of the early church's understanding of the events of the end times, my perspective began to shift. And I wondered, what would it actually be like if Jesus returned after the tribulation? And instead, the church went through those same events alongside the world where God poured out his judgment, not on his people, but on the unbelieving world. Just as an actual antichrist rose to power and terrorized the church of Jesus Christ in the most horrifying persecution imaginable. Right up there on par with the dark ages under the Soviet totalitarianism that Eastern Europeans had to live under for several decades. The Eastern European Church, as well as Christians throughout history, both modern Christian believers. I think of China and the underground church there. I think of stretching back to the earliest Centuries of the church in which brothers and sisters under imperial Roman rule endured the most horrifying of torture and persecution for not bowing to Caesar and claiming him as Lord of all. So this deep dive into the Bible as well as church history and historical theology, which is my academic background, led me to envision a new alternative novelization if you will of the events of the book of revelation beginning with the rise of apostasy leading to the rise of the apocalypse and finally with the rise of the antichrist yeah those are the three titles of the three parts to my massive end times chronicles apocalyptic time travel saga that I'm launching very shortly on Kickstarter and also will be talking more about in next week's episode, comparing and contrasting a bit my series and the theological context of that series, the End Times Chronicles, to the Left Behind series and that theological context. Not at all about saying which is right or wrong, which is better or worse, Only seeking to wrestle with the scriptures, with theology, and sit at the intersection of the sacred and story. With the intention of applying those events to our lives right now. Through a cast of characters and their lived experience of the end times events that feel incredibly close to home. Should be fun. See you next week. Thanks again for joining the Religion and Fiction podcast, exploring a little bit of the theological context of the Left Behind Apocalyptic Religious Fiction series. Next week, we'll explore an alternative, asking the question, if not the rapture, then what should we expect from the end times? And if you'd like an alternative take to these events of the Book of Revelation, join Alexander Zaruk and the Resistance in my End Times Chronicle series. Get details at endtimesworld.com. Thanks again for listening. Happy reading.